Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We're a drinking podcast with a comic book problem. Shake the shit out of it. Do you want to talk about it after the episode so Brian doesn't edit this out? It's already <laughs> editing everything here anyway. I know. It's uh, true. Unless I come in on that with you just saying he's already editing this all out anyway. It is his true, yes. Which is a high likelihood. So we'll just start now. Uh, hey, and welcome to another episode of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We are here live. Lena and I are in the same time zone for a rare occasion. Huh? And she's giving me a dirty look. She is vacationing in the lovely... You were. You were kind of looking at me like, get, get fucking on with it. Um, get on with it. <laughs> in the lovely Lake Tahoe. Hi, Lena. Hi. Todd is in his rumpus room. Rumpus. I, it looks like a rumpus room. It has like the wood paneling and shit from like the 70s. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, is that your bedroom? Is that your office? What is that room? I don't That's know the office. It's where I always am. That's oh, I know. But I, oh. I haven't seen like the rest of the room. I've just seen like the white wall behind you. I don't oh, know. Oh, no. So this is our, <clears throat> our third bedroom and this is where we've got uh, Clark's computer, our roommate's computer, and then this is my computer for this. And then, you know, when I'm on COVID quarantine, this is where I, I live for 14 days. Gotcha. Um, and I am sitting at Ellen's desk because I haven't gotten my shit together yet um, and gotten my desk all put together with my mega fantastic <laughs> setup that um, men are proud of and women just don't seem to understand. I, I don't I don't get it. Uh, way too many monitors apparently. But... It just looks like you're in a space. It's fine. I know and that's how I feel most comfortable is being in a space station. Or speaking center. It is my command center. And yeah, because you which, saw the movie Space Camp as a kid and you just want to live that out. Fucking more. love that show. Fucking love Space Camp. Oh my god. I've been looking forward to stream it recently. That and Flight of the Navigator. I love Flight of the Navigator too and that was on uh, Disney Plus when they first started. I don't know if it's still on there or not. But that being said, welcome to the month of May everybody. Uh, we are following along with the May the 4th Be With You trend. We're doing all Star Wars books this month and we're starting out with the... Um, yes, Todd, you have a question? We're here live and welcome to the month of May. Yes. I'm feeling conflicted. Because we're recording this early? Yeah, it feels like a late night talk show. Yeah, it does feel like a late... Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. Do you have a better introduction you would have approved on that? No, just criticism. Okay. <laughs> Also, Brian, for your edification, uh, Flight of the Navigator is still on Disney+, Plus. however, Space Camp is not streaming anywhere, so that means you're going to go spend $5,000 to buy it on the uh, aftermarket. That sucks. Okay, well, that being I love said, Flight of the Navigator. It holds up okay. You know what doesn't hold up as well as I was hoping? Uh, Everything else. Drop Dead Gorgeous. Goonies. Drop Dead oh, Gorgeous. Drop Dead Gorgeous. It's wonderful. I just saw that like six months ago. There are some problematic characters in it. Some very problematic characters. Okay, I'm moving your video that. window so you're not next to me now. There we go. Wow, really? Yes. There. Now you're now you're away from me. You're as far away from me as you can get on this Zoom call. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> no, my back still hurts. You can't do that. Okay, fun fact is when you turn 40 and you throw out your back at work by standing up out of a chair, three months later, your back still hurts. Oh, yeah, sure. You were standing up out of a chair. No, they seriously had to do an accident claim and ask me, like, what happened? And I was like, I, was like, I, I literally just stood up. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I stood up out of my chair to go pee. Yeah. Because you also pee more when you're 40. So. It was just no one. I mean, they did believe me because I'm a very honest person at work. Uh, but yeah, you have trouble peeing yet? No, no trouble peeing yet. I, I, got some, I got some poop troubles, but oh, yeah, I have my own kind. But I shart much easier now. That's uh, <laughs> lifestyle. I told you that hasn't happened in a while because I hurt my back. <laughs> So this has 
taken quite a turn. <laughs> it really has. And I, I'm sorry. And, and I'm stone yeah. sober. I haven't I like, had anything in a few days. I actually haven't had anything to drink since Saturday, but I am doing it tonight because I'm taking a bit of a break just for us. So. Nice. Yeah, uh, tomorrow won't be. Cool. Um, anyway. Keep going. I'm going to keep Way going. Way to go, Brian. Who's We're on this pl- podcast? Uh, we already went through everybody's on this podcast. Did we? Yes. No. Yes, huh? we did. We did talked to everybody. Oh. No. Yes. It's been a very long day. Everybody of... was in location yes. in the room. It, it's been a very long day dealing with stupid people. So Every day we is a long day dealing with stupid people. It's, today was worse. Yeah. When your boss's boss is in town and everyone's like, where's he going? Where's he going? I'm like, I'm not fucking telling you. So Anyway, who knows how much that we're going to keep. But we are reading Vader, uh, the first uh, trade of it by uh, Karen Gillian. Uh, they're on like volume two now, I think. Something like that. But this was uh, came out a few years ago when they started the new mm-hmm. uh, line of Star Wars books. So as the Vader officially audio with the, the um, comic series, I believe they're actually on series four or five now. Oh, really? So yeah, this, this run ended after I want to say 20 issues and they did a couple more the previous one which takes place in between I believe Empire and Jedi was a 25 issue run and then there's a new one that I've got like six issues in my hold I need to go pick up so it's, it's yeah, been going Charles wrote for a while Greg Pack yeah. might yeah. still be on it yeah this one's been going the Vader series has been there as long as the uh, the Star Wars relaunch has been going on this yeah but they you know they do the stupid thing that Marvel does and they relaunch the, the book with another number one every five weeks so that they and that's can... what's killing the industry oh my gosh it, it's irritating and I, I am listening to a book on tape I'm almost done with it about the history of Marvel comics and then watching uh, comics by Perch or whatever that guy's name is on YouTube Yeah, and it's just one of those like guy. and then having just graduated with um, you know a marketing uh, masters now I'm just like why the fuck do you keep doing these things anyway aside from all that Lena could fix all their problems in one quick swift uh, kick in the ass and the whole comics world would be fixed but no one's listening to any of us so uh, Adam what is our cocktail for this week uh, so our cocktail is called the Dark Lord of the Sith. And this is kind of interesting because it's got very, very weird uh, uh, <laughs> ratios of ingredients. So you're going to take, uh, hopefully, probably a large shot glass. Uh, you're going to rim it with uh, corn syrup and black sugar. Set it aside to kind of crystallize. In the bottom of it, you're going to add a splash of grenadine and a sp- splash of a strawberry liqueur. And a mixer, you're going to, an ice-free mixer, I should say. You're going to add half an ounce of black vodka, one ounce of black absinthe, a splash of tequila, a splash of rum, splash of gin. You're going to stir that, and then over a, uh, a sp- upside-down spoon, you're going to slowly pour it into the shot glass so it's layered above the, the red juices and stuff, and then you garnish with a cherry stem. Okay. Um, that's a lot of black, but okay. Rock well, on. Get, get it, it is Darth Vader. Over the red. Yeah, it's Darth Vader. Yeah, with his lightsaber. So. Okay. Uh, who has a drinking game ready to go for this one? Lena. Uh, flashback. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Every time there's a flashback to episode four... Um, or three or two or really any of the it's, it's they didn't really flashback to episode one it was really two three and four. Uh, yeah because yeah yeah okay uh yeah, got one. the emotive mask oh okay yeah so every time you are staring at darth vader and it's just a moment of silence where he looks so pensive or annoyed or yeah. frustrated or thinks and like it's the same goddamn mask every time and yet you get it yeah, yeah. so the I artist is amazing say, i actually brought this up to aaron because Aaron read it with me. Uh huh. Like, sorry, who? Sasquatch. His name is Sasquatch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't sure. Oh, I don't know who we were talking about. Sasquatch was yeah. reading it. Well, so he started reading it with me. We actually were like, as I have it on Comicsology or through. And halfway through the book, he passed out next to me. <laughs> <laughs> he likes his wine as well. <laughs> just like, oh my god. Um, but he, but I said the same thing to him because I was like, it's crazy how good, like how they could make that mask look like so aggressive, mm-hmm. and it's just a mask. So, yeah. And yet it is okay. all there. I mean, this. 
artist talk about i'm gonna give you an impossible task and he's like i got this yeah yeah oh my uh, drink <laughs> uh cool uh, adam do you have a drinking game roll i had a backup one yeah so oh mm. he is a badass so every time you see vader do a bunch of cool shit they never let him do in the movies take a drink okay and uh mine is called just like dad used to call me every time the word fail or failure appears <laughs> take a drink <laughs> it was in there a lot and i started noticing that and i was like okay this is where i'm gonna do my uh, drinking game uh so okay so general um backstory or understanding uh, of what this book is basically this takes place after new hope so the original star wars for those of you who are not hardcore um you know the, the first of the luke skywalker movies so the uh end of that the uh death star has been destroyed and this is darth vader trying to get back into the empire uh, emperor's good graces after his after the death star got destroyed and all this sort of shit and then in, um and so it's there's also a plot that goes on with um uh darth sidious trying to set him up as well as um a whole thing with uh he brings in dr afra and the two uh uh evil uh droids which are my favorite fucking characters in the murder droids the murder droids are my favorite um but that's where they uh, that's where this comes in and uh that's a general gist is there anything else i really miss in all that um uh, just you find out that the emperor has a backup plan in case vader doesn't for work everything. out oh yeah oh, for everything yeah yeah uh, he has and- a, a bunch of other people who are they're not pure jedi they're sort of like heightened mutant in, like, things things that have been like you know mechanically and computer altered or whatever and um yeah and which i find hilarious that Vader refers to them as an abomination it's like dude you are mostly machine at this point in time yourself they made but, that point <laughs> i know i liked it i thought it was a great point uh, uh the other point of this too is that it, you find out that this when vader really puts all the together mm-hmm. that um luke is hit yeah mm-hmm. which they do in a kind of a fun way with like the flashbacks to him and padme amazingly in some still images in a comic book it's better acting and a more of a romantic moment than was actually in the movies no i know that yeah i'm just like totally off it like totally out of i mean it's not totally off base yeah. if we're talking about mm-hmm. star wars but it gives aiden christian legit for the role mm-hmm. but you know you also have to wonder was he being directed to act that way like, yeah i mean i think that george lucas is a shitty director like when yeah, it comes to directing actual just, actors and that's that's the whole thing is that like i just i i get it but like natalie portman is a good actress and hayden christian mm-hmm. i've seen him in other things he's a really good actor he's not a shit actor and it just sucked that he's anonymous with the the prequels and it just like every because everyone was so angry with with george lucas and how they made vader who was the super badass to this super angsty emo dickhead yeah um they, and then kylo ren went hold my cosmo yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. where it's just like it turns into this uh the, but the, but the difference is is that i feel like adam driver although it, kylo ren is the same hasn't gotten the same amount of shit as hayden christian did and i think it's because he had other more notable roles prior to being a part of our wars whereas mm-hmm. hayden christian did some really cool set like did some good prior to um but they weren't big massive hit and then he did this and everyone's like oh. and it's like he's not bad. And I, just make- I remember an interview with um he just said her name padme natalie portman natalie portman there we go it's been a day and it was an interview for the third movie it's like so i was making this third movie and she's like read my lines yeah, yeah. showed up kind of yep. a deal and you're like hmm all right so this might be just more kind of urban legend but th- there's a rumor out there and, I, and again I, I it could be true i've heard a lot that george lucas's uh directing style is quote-unquote faster with more intensity mm-hmm. and I, i've seen it around i don't know if it's true so don't quote me as that's gospel but uh I, i've said for a while that george lucas is really amazing at world building i mean obviously he created star wars and i don't care who you are in the world even even if you don't like star wars you know what it is you know what the force mm-hmm. is you know what lightsabers are 
he does an excellent job of doing that. His problem relies in, lies in the fact that he's horrible at dialogue and he's not a good director. And we've mm-hmm. seen this happen with other actors. So the first thing that pops to my mind is the Twilight series. Mm-hmm. So Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart are not bad actors. They're very, very good actors with the right director, which is mm-hmm. always important. Uh, take a look at uh, Kristen Stewart in the, uh, was it called The Runaways? It was the uh, Pat Benatar movie. Oh yeah, that's Runaways. Pat Benatar, it was Joan, Joan Jett. Jett. Yeah, she's amazing in that. And then Robert Pattinson, yeah, I'm excited to see him in Batman, but if you go look at The Lighthouse, I think it was him and uh, Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. That movie's creepy as fuck and he's amazing in it. So you can say, okay, this person gave a bad performance, but is it because they're a bad actor or because, one, the script sucked, which as was titled for the name of this Zoom link because I hate sand. Mm-hmm. Uh, or is it the director didn't know how to get a good performance out of them? You know, there's so many extenuating circumstances. And I think I mentioned it a couple episodes ago that when I was reading, uh, I read the novelization of Revenge of the Sith before I went and saw the movie. And the novelization is fantastic. Like the whole fall of Anakin to Darth Vader is it's done like in his head where there's this giant black dragon that's mm-hmm. eating things and it's feeding on his emotion. So when he drops to his knees and turns to the dark side, like you're not surprised. Like you almost sit there wondering what I do the same thing. And then in the movie, he just like, yes, my master. And then gets, it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you didn't see the internal struggle, which again, I get books do that better than movies do because movies are about right. what you're doing, but it just didn't translate. And it's almost like, okay, George, go back and read this book about your script and then fucking fix it. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. We have what we have. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, Lane is right that, you know, with some of these actors got a really bad rap and obviously Natalie Portman is a fantastic actress. So what happened with those movies? Well, I think too, um, we talked about, I think we've talked about them before, but uh, Lane and I went to school with Dane DeHaan and I feel like he's one of those actors who, if he has a bad director, he can't, he's not going to be good at it. If he has a good director, he can be decent, but he yeah. really, it, he doesn't have enough strength in his acting skill on his own to carry a film and do that sort of thing. But you look at the Star Wars movies, you have Natalie Portman and you have Ewan McGregor and Liam Neeson and there's other actors who are very strong and so even if they're given a shit director, they have enough strength in their craft that they can stand on their own. And Hayden Christensen may have that now, but he was a young actor at the time. And so not having that, like, yeah, I, I do agree that he got a bad rap. I also think that there are some good things about the prequels. I think that they can be edited into a much more interesting and fun film, in my yeah. opinion. <clears throat> and Topher Grace did that, and you will never see his cut. I know, I would love to see that. Life suit out of him, so. Yeah, because, like, I think the second movie is actually kind of an interesting buddy cop film with, uh, you know, Han Solo and Anakin Skywalker. I think you could actually make that into, you know, Star Wars Lethal Weapon, and it would actually be kind of amusing. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah. So Aside all, from that, all I have to say is if you, the, the movie I was thinking of, not rape or the epidu, mm-hmm. and that's Life is a House. Mm-hmm. With oh, I remember that movie. Ryan. Yeah, he's, he's so really good in that. Good in it. He's so yeah. good in it. And it's, and it's a different kind of script, and obviously it's different everything, but that's why when you see, and I had seen him in, like, he had done a little bit of prior to that, like, mm-hmm. he's not as bad as everybody in the mouth. Yeah. But, he, but, um, but getting back to, to this, I really, really like the flashback to everything else. I like the flashback to, you know, him with Padme, and even when he first became Vader and asked happened to Padme, I like the, you know, when, because it all of a sudden we're reading and then he's fighting Obi-Wan. And, mm-hmm. and Sasquatch was like, wait, 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 did I, I miss something? Did I miss something? And I was like, no, this is a flashback. He goes, how do you know? And I was like, I've read enough flashbacks to know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're in flashback <laughs> mode now. There's, there's a shorthand to it that's hard to explain, but once you kind of get that comic yeah, book yeah, literacy, you you're it. like, and oh, that's was, what it is. He was like, wait, did we go back? And I was like, yeah, this flashback. I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> which also made me worry because I'm like, oh God, now I know. Like, I, I see the, it's like seeing the Matrix. Anyway, yeah. so. Um, <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, we have dragged you in. You're no longer a noob. <laughs> <laughs> see, I just 
see the lady in the red dress, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So they, um, but the, like, the fight with Obi-Wan and how he, like, puts all of those pieces together and then at the end, like, I have not. Mm-hmm. It was, like, it was cool to see that because you, when you're watching the movies, obviously, it was, like, the big reveal and everything where you're, like, what the fuck? But, yeah. like, um, just the fact that, like, they played this where it was, like, here's the, here's him figuring it out mm-hmm. where it wasn't, like, mm-hmm. he knew a lot. It was, like, he met this little p- punk-ass kid and he was, like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. What the hell? And they, like, seeing his lightsaber. It was, like, I did Obi my life. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. So it's it's that interesting piece because if you really think about it, and the thing that I didn't even realize, like I, it didn't register until reading this, was he thought Padme was dead. Yeah. He didn't know that he she had the kid. Like he had no idea. No one ever told him. Mm-hmm. It was she had she had the kids. She dies, and they they whisk the kids away and hide. So like he didn't. And so it's that whole piece of like he's putting all these pieces together and like I have a son. So now it makes sense of why he doesn't realize that Leia is his kid. Yeah. Yeah. Either. So with that I'm like so I was like. Oh, okay, now it all makes sense that he's like putting the piece together after he yeah. before. Well, there's so. also a subtle little, um, and I just thought about it as we were discussing these. Uh, there's a subtle little callback to sort of episode one when he helps uh, uh, um, Dr. Afra with uh, unlocking the droid. Like he just walks in and punches in code. And she's like, how the fuck did you know how to do that? Mm-hmm. And, and you think about it, you're like, well, because he's, he fucking built R2-D2. So yeah, he knows how to fucking do that. You know, yeah. sort of interesting. Um, C-3PO, wasn't it? Oh, you're right. C-3PO. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm shame. Yeah. He built at the same time. I mean, you look at C3PO and he's like, as a translator, interpreter droid, yeah. protocol droid. Protocol. Yeah. Whole class was C3PO kind of a, a symbol by numbers kit. Cause mm-hmm. you see those protocol droids pop up in different colors all over the place. Yeah. Yes. He built C3PO, but it's like, Oh, I built a computer. And they're like, Oh, you're so amazing. And you're like, not. Really, just kind of like well, he accidentally, pieces. He, kind he accidentally of made him put gay them together so and yay. <laughs> so there you go. But no, you're right. What I think it did so well is though, is as the reader, you know Luke is his son. Yeah. And it's on the flip of Empire as it's going through, you have this big reveal where Luke gets absolutely destroyed physically and mentally. And it sucks in Empire, but this takes place before then. And you know this because it's just in the zeitgeist, and you're watching him figure out so as the reader you know what the character doesn't know it's still exciting and intriguing in these little bits like oh this is how he did it so good Mm -hmm. and it's um so last week we also (laughs) hi people we did another Dylan book last week (laughs) we liked last yeah would be the statement and this is him doing this and it's fantastic because he is taking this existing property this is an existing story expanding on it and I am absolutely along for the ride going, tell me more, tell me more. I love this character. Does he have a car? Tell me more, tell me more. Dude, yeah, I dude. I was waiting to see who, who was going to make the I was on that one. <laughs> dude, the other one I loved is the you've got, you know, Mr. Stats Moth guy going, hey, I'm going to give you a minder. Mm-hmm. And you just have Darth going, because what's so interesting to watch, people were fearful of him, but yet he was not in charge. Kind of had the special status, but mm-hmm. not in charge. And he goes through here, and even after his failure, he was knocked down a few pegs on a few things and this charge to watch whatever he was doing and he's like, oh, I'm going to go do this. What was his actual mission? I mean, he was doing what he needed to do, but how he eliminates him mm-hmm. and how it does everything else. And you're like, dude, you're such a son of a bitch and I love mm-hmm. you for it. Kind of a deal. And you're like, what's this doing? Because he has another droid doing his bidding and then he destroys the droid at the end. It is 
so well constructed and you have such good beats you introduce brand new characters the murder droids we love but um what's the uh wookie's name krizak yeah i want to say that yeah krizak fantastic yeah i mean chewy is like oh chewy you're really this affable guy and he's like oh let's meet the real asshole and you're like yes yeah, yeah. we have the real asshole wookie like this is two people are truly afraid of yeah and like dude but they're awesome and it's it's um it meets the characterization so well but it's not cliche it's a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. and you've got the story and this universe that seems like oh what more can they do it they're just you know they're just trying to steal the dollars from everybody this thing is great well i think that, that, that flashback to him realizing that he has a son and his son is luke is something you can only really do in like at this point in time in the storytelling process where everyone right. knows yeah. that big reveal and so like it's getting the most sure. mileage out of something um in a way that like, i mean i don't know i think it actually adds really a lot of uh, interesting emotional qualities to this i mean because basically you have you know vader who is feeling like a failure and then like because he his fucking ship got blown up and he's had right. a light, like all of a sudden he's being micromanaged and you know like uh-huh. it's all this shit's going on and then he fucking finds out oh and i'm a dad and then it's like okay then i'm gonna fuck some shit up you know what i mean so like he you know so much back child support yeah. yeah oh my god he really does but and at the end of the day it's like oh vader everything else but it still is like is vader the villain vader is absolutely the villain it's like is he the hero of his own story i'm not even sure he's the he's still not the hero here not yet i mean he's not here i mean the so is is vader the protagonist of this series actually that's um, a real question right is vader the protagonist of this series i think you can be a protagonist without being a hero because if you so for example let's take a uh, look at video games the grand theft auto games yeah the main person you're playing is a horrible person like you're going out mm-hmm. and you're pillaging and killing people and okay. you're sleeping with hookers and then killing them so they don't take your they don't take your money you're right. definitely way of the gun okay yeah, you're not even like an anti-hero you are literally a villain you are the bad guy oh, I, and i saw an article the other day I, I didn't read it about how they make it so you can play a good villain in a video game and now i wish i would have read it but yeah you can have someone who's the protagonist who's the person who's the main character who the story revolves around but they're still not a hero because in this one vader is the protagonist but then you kind of have like the emperor is the antagonist you've got general tag you've got uh the dude who's making all like the weird kind of sith clones who aren't clones who don't have the force kind of thing so you hold got on this wait 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 wait. general tag or was that Tage? tag was this like grown-up tag and bink tag no 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 well it might be Tage. i've always called him general tag from from the first star wars i don't know and don't you even go there you motherfucker uh, <laughs> and but, by the way it's grand general grand general pardon me the hell yeah it's yeah. <laughs> the same thing I he's like it was funny where he was like whatever and then he's like it's grand general like if, yeah. if, if the leashes the emperor's leash wasn't on vader you would have been dead 20 minutes ago mm-hmm. right but yeah i do think you can't be a protagonist without being the hero uh and off the yeah. top of my head i can't think of other stories that have done that but i know there's a bunch out there i mean joker video games joker yeah okay but what's so interesting to watch is it doesn't i guess it humanizes him a little bit more yeah but at the same time it's not like yeah he's not an anti-hero you don't understand I was like what's he doing he's like dude this guy is pissed and yeah yeah he's how pissed. would you define his motivations that's kind of where i'm, I'm curious because like what is that's interesting after? to watch yeah so at the end of revenge of the sith i'm like his world is gone right yeah and he was brought back down to base and now he is here and as the um puppet not even puppet but you know the point man for the emperor the what is his yeah as like what's the end game 
game here and is the end game now as the Sith Lord you know there's always one plus two is it's replacing Palpatine at some point yeah and just biding his time I mean what is the point well, I'm gonna replace that guy I mean there's that but like why why does he want to replace Palpatine what's left yeah okay like nothing I mean, else is there I mean that was the whole point how did he become such a pawn of Palpatine Palpatine took everything else away what was left so you would argue that he doesn't necessarily believe in the Empire as much as he just believes in making power. something for himself and power for himself. I don't think he ever gave two shits about the Empire. No. Interesting. Okay. Well, and see, that's also the you know the, the rule of two, which I don't know if that's been recertified with the new canon, but the idea that there, with the Sith, because of what happened with the Jedi Order being wiped out, that's why there can only ever be two, the Master and the Apprentice. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for him, he understands that eventually either <clears throat> the Master is going to kill him and get a new Apprentice, or he will have to kill the Master and find his own Apprentice. So that's why you know we, we he's really intrigued by what the Emperor is doing, like, and that's why he sends people on like his own personal little errand to find out what's going on, which leads to the the climactic finale when he's fighting that that guy with who has all the, the little fake Sith clones. No, not clones, but Sith warriors. Mutants. Yeah, whatever they were, like, or the yeah. So and the Emperor even says, like, well, if you don't survive, then I guess they're my new apprentices. Apprentices, you know. So that's that's kind of like the the way of the Sith, and so he knows that at least. So he knows eventually it's going to come down to the fact that I'm either going to kill him, or he's going to kill me. And what's interesting about all that is that at the end of Return of the Jedi, that's what happens. He kills his master, which is the Sith way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he dies in the process, which technically ends the Sith line, and we can argue about whether Kylo Ren was a Sith or not. That's a different story. Uh, but that's how it had to happen. So, I mean, so his motivation technically was survival. Uh, also, revenge. I mean, we you know, when he goes to Tatooine, the, the final page of that last issue was mm-hmm. he's just going out killing more uh, uh, sand people because he's still getting revenge on them for killing his mom. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, so that's, that's and he's not sharing that with anyone, so it just makes him look like this psycho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's out there just killing things, and everyone's like, "What the fuck's going on?" Because no one knows he's Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, no one but knows he, that. But you like, know what happens though? In the next book, one of the uh, Sand People tells him that his mother's name is Martha, and then Darth Vader doesn't kill him. No. <laughs> and then he learns that the Emperor's mother's name is Martha, and then they make friends. Yep, exactly. So. No. <laughs> I just there were a couple of things that I wanted to point out. One, Brian, yes. you talk about motivation, and I think it's really interesting that yes, it, it's everything that does really is uh, for itself. I don't think it has anything to do with the Empire. Mm-hmm. The whole reason he went to Dark Side, if you're following, even with the flashbacks that they had in this, the whole reason was safe. Had he didn't want anything. Right. Had was it was everything that he did was purely for a selfish reason. Even in this book, everything they did was purely for one a selfish reason. Whether Jay and the good races of the Emperor, because he understands uh, the whole power kind of struggle with the this. but then the other side of it was him trying to figure out who the hell this kid is and when he realized that it's his son what's his next step think about what the next movie is well he basically he asked Luke join him mm-hmm. so again it's all very selfish in everything that he's doing there is no like it's all how does this benefit his his life his family the people that are are part of him given his head point but like mm-hmm. you know it just it, that that piece but the other the other thing Todd when you were talking about how like he's not in the Emperor's good pieces all I kept thinking when they were talking at the like Versus the Emperor and heads back and like all pissed off at her. All I kept in my head was um robot kicking. And <laughs> then it was like go for Papa Palpatine and he's like, you know, and he's going on. He's like, you can wait, wait, wait. Let me get this straight. A bunch of fucking teenagers blew up the Death Star. Yeah. You've been flying around for the last two uh, the last two weeks <laughs> trying to find a signal. And I just that's all I kept hearing in my head. Yeah. That's exactly like uh, even some of the stuff that he was saying to Vader, he's like, you failed, you did this, and, and even, like, in that scene, it's more humor than anything, but even he's like, what the hell's an aluminum falcon? Like, <laughs> it's a two-hour, it was a two-mile wide, 
or two meter wide exhaust hole. I yeah. thought you would be able to just, you know, <laughs> yeah. protect it, you jackal, and everything like that's all I kept thinking. And it's just really funny how when I'm reading this, and then I start laughing because then every time I see his like the test piece that he has with all the buttons, all I keep <laughs> hearing is <that laughs> McFarland as Palpatine being like, "What are you gonna give me a loan? <laughs> Do you have an ATM on that torso life right of yours?" <laughs> <laughs> I, can't. I can't. I can't take it seriously. So it, there were some things that did, that I just thought there are so many pieces that like when you read this, if you've watched other things that are Star Wars, you'll get a kick out of it. Like it, it was. Yeah. But that was all I kept seeing was him being like, "Oh God, he's crying." Like <laughs> couldn't handle it. So yeah, uh, Adam, we didn't get a lot out of you yet. I mean, other than so yeah, yeah. So th this a couple things with this. So th uh, this took place pretty recently after the acquisition of Lucasfilm by Disney. Mm -hmm. And also it was after that they decided, hey, so all these books, all these comics, as we did with like Dark Empire and stuff, they're all very convoluted. They're all, there's there's no continuity. It's all stupid. So we're going to label those as like the legend series. So they're still out there. You can still go read them and enjoy them, but they're not official Star Wars canon anymore. And all of the geeks had a huge uproar. They're like, oh my God, this is stupid. Like, I can't believe that mm -hmm. Chewie didn't die because he got crushed by a moon. And yeah, it was, that's what happened. Uh, so Do you make Ari Salvatore for that? Yeah. So this is one, of, you know, this one in the, the Star Wars reboot, which I think we're reading next week or the week after. These were like some of the first oh, next things. Next week, actually. Next week, yeah. These were the first things to come out of Marvel Comics because they also got the license back from Dark Horse uh, to do their own thing. Mm -hmm. So this was like some of the first stuff. Because even like the first books took place in between episode six and seven. So this is the first time kind of revisiting the original movies. And I, a lot of people were like, well, fuck that. This isn't my story. Well, too bad. So sad. Your stories still exist, but they're, they're just legends. Uh, so this was kind of the first time we got to see a look at where things took place in between episode four and five. Uh, further books take place in between episodes three and four, where, like explains how Vader got his red lightsaber. There's actually something involved with that. It's not just like, oh, hey, I found a red crystal. Yay. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but it was very, as realistic as a space opera about wizards and laser swords can be, it was realistic the fact that the Emperor would be pissed at him. Be like, dude, you had this whole space station. Mm -hmm. All you had to do was fucking blow up one ship. And no, oh, you couldn't do mm -hmm. that, could you? No. So again, he becomes the Emperor's little butt boy. And basically gets demoted and put in charge of the dude that he didn't like from, you know, the first Death Star. But it also really fleshed out his character a lot. You know, we've talked a lot about his motivation of pretty much just pure selfishness. Uh, Todd, your drinking game as far as how are you, you know, every time you see his mask, you can tell him he's emoting somehow. It's like, really, fucker? Like, that's what you're doing? Mm -hmm. Or anger, or this and that, or even sarcasm. And it's done so well that it really does make the character, I mean, I don't want to say more human, but more expressive mm -hmm. in the sense that you can get where he's coming from as the protagonist of the story. Again, I don't mm -hmm. think he's a hero or ever was a hero until the very, very last moments of Jedi. Uh, once he becomes Darth Vader, you know, we, when he's Anakin, that's a different story. Uh, but it does, it just tells the story so wonderfully. And like, you know, my, my thing is Darth Vader is my favorite character in fiction ever. Not just Star Wars, not just a, a, a villain, just ever. I, since day one, the moment I saw him when I was like four years old, we recorded Star Wars off TV. Love the character, loved everything about him. So I kind of went in, because I, I read this when it first came out, Individual Issues, but I haven't read it in, what, seven years now, I want to say. I read the other series. So I was like, okay, so I was on a high because this is new Star Wars. How am I going to feel seven years later? I liked it even more. I mean, there's so much happening. We, we talked about how introduced Dr. Aphra, who's become a great character on her own, the murder droids, which are so much fun. Uh, and what I really liked, you know, with Lena's drinking game that she stole from me, uh, it does pay homage to what came before. I was just looking at some of like the, the issue covers. Uh, so like the issue cover of issue three is very much like the, uh, the original poster for the first Star Wars, mm -hmm. uh, New Hope. So it's paying homage, but it's doing it in a way that's smart. So one of my complaints about uh, Force Awakens was that it was, I mean, honestly, beat for beat, 
the first Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because they were afraid to take new steps or different steps because people didn't like the prequels. And honestly, I'm not a big fan of them, but I do really like the lore they brought into the Star Wars universe. So, you know, it was it was very, very careful of crossing that, not crossing the line to where, hey, we're being nostalgic to a point where you're going to have all these cool little Easter eggs and fun things that you're really going to enjoy, but we're still doing our own thing. We're still telling a new story, a story you didn't know or maybe thought you knew, but no, this is what actually happened. This is where it went. And it's it's fantastic. And as Lana said, it's so much fun reading this, having the knowledge that we do. Like we know Luke's the son, we know Leia's his daughter. But again, one of my favorite scenes from the whole book is at the very, very end when Boba Fett comes in and I never got the whole Boba Fett ob- obsession until Mandalorian, but that's a different <laughs> conversation. Uh, and he says like, hey, yeah, this is, his last name is Skywalker. And again, no one knows that Vader is Anakin Skywalker. No one knows that except for the Emperor and Obi-Wan. And Vader just says flashback, flashback, flashback. And he realizes that one, even though she was buried looking like she was pregnant, she had a son. The Emperor probably knew because that's kind of the fuck what the Emperor is. And everything sort of just clicks into place. And he's like, that's how it happened. That's why I'm where I am now. But now I have a chance to bring my son into this fold and make, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, this is how I'm going to overthrow the Emperor and not even rule the galaxy. I mean, he says rule the galaxy, but again, it's just to give him the power. And that scene where he's like, you just see him overcome with anger and just like so pissed off at everything. And he just clenches his fist and like the whole front uh, window of the, of the starship shatters. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just a great way to end a book because yeah. you get that full character arc. You get everything that happened. You get that, hey, this is what's going on in this little book and this little series right here. But it leaves all those little threads dangling that you know are going to be addressed. Maybe not even in future issues of this comic going forward. A lot will be, but it leads on to, to the movies, to future things happening. And it's really, really cool to see that happening because we've read other books where that didn't. Mm-hmm. It just ended in, like, and it, literally the series ended and you're like, well, what about this? What about mm-hmm. this? What happened here? And with Karen Gillian, like when we did last week, while well, we're like, eh, but we all said we wanted to see where he's going to go once he has more books under his belt, once he's grown as a writer. And I don't think we could have picked a better book than this one, which is why I wanted to do it first to kind of compare and contrast. Uh, I think it's amazing. It's going back and reading it again. It was just as fun as the first time I saw some more things that I didn't notice. And it, I mean, if you love Darth Vader or even, you know, just Star Wars in general, like you can pick it up and go, even if you're just a casual fan. So, yeah, I mean, I loved both this book and the Star Wars book we're reading next week when I first read them. Rereading it, as much as I love Darth Vader in this book, the murder droids, I fell in love with them all over again. They are my favorite characters. I fucking love the murder droids. It's sad how much I love the murder droids. But I just love, like, my favorite line from the, the C3PO one. He walks out of the torch and the guy's like, well, I've got good news and bad news. What do you want first? <laughs> yeah. Well, the good news is I found out where the uh, blah, blah, blah is. He's like, all right, yeah. cool, kill him. He's like, well, then the bad news is good news. Yeah, it's like, I get double good news. news. I already <laughs> killed him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I do love those characters. I It's just, I don't know. They make me super happy in a really dark, messed up way. But uh, anybody else have anything they want to add? No? Mm. Okay, well, let's jump into some grades then. Uh, Lena, what is your grade? Uh, I say A, even if you are, because I'm not a, a massive star one, know all the, all the is, but I uh, know enough as a casual fan that I get my and the art is beautiful. Yes, the art is awesome. Let's, on this talk week, about it, but yeah. the art is beautiful. The fact that you're right that they could make that mask look so emotive is mm-hmm. really impressive. Uh, really yeah, and part of it's how they're doing is like just lights, uh, the way it's reflecting. It's kind of impressive how they've right. done it. Would you say it's most impressive? Most impressive. Uh, I have a story about that, but I cannot say it on there. Um, I, but also, even when you see the, in the flashback when they have Hayden and Adam mm-hmm. Portman and even, you know, um, the original three from New Hope, uh, as soon as I saw um, Han Solo, I was like, wow, they did a good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Not so much Mark Hamill, but holy crap, did Harris Ford, did they, they did a really good job drawing yeah. this. So it was, it just doesn't fool 
you out of it. That's when that was when, when I first saw the mask and I was like, oh, look so emotional and it's a mask. Yeah. And you see all the characters flashback and you're like, God, this is yeah. so yeah. And I, I think yeah, next week's we'll we'll keep up with that. I think next week's book is also very pretty. Uh, Mr. Todd, what's your grade? You know it's an A, but um back with Lena a little bit. Let's um the art is so good and it's um I really enjoyed all aspects of this book. But it goes back we read Vader Down previously. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you read that one with Lena. And it's, it's a, a little later in the series. It's a crossover it's a little between bit later. this one and the Star Wars series we're reading next week. Right. And basically what happens in Vader Down is uh, the Rebellion figures out Vader crash landed on this planet. So the Rebellion's like, dude, we're going to swarm the planet and get Vader. And he's like, are you scared yet? And Vader's like, all I see is fear and death. Mm-hmm. And he oh, unleashes everything. And it's one of the mm-hmm. greatest badass moments of the entire Star Wars dump. Yeah. And the whole thing. But the art continues to be, I mean, the writing is brilliant and the art is just a force multiplier as yeah. much as anything else and it was um, they say put your best foot forward on your doing things this really was it was great I mean um, we're doing Star Wars next week Star Wars this one first issue was the last time American comics did a million copies of some soul mm-hmm. oh yeah that was the last time that's occurred today so that was built up there but yeah it is I mean if you're a casual fan it's great if you're a big fan it's great and I'm along for the ride and it's a rush and it's so good. Yeah. Hey. Cool. Uh, Mr. Adam. Uh, so I, I think we're going to, we know where I'm going. Uh, I'm going with an A. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going with an A plus because Wicked Divine is still up there with Watchmen. <laughs> is this absolutely wonderful and fantastic? Is it nearly perfect? Yes. So, but it's again, as a Star Wars fan, you're going to find lots of cool little things that is going to be flashbacks like the book has. Uh, and as Lena said, she's not the most ardent Star Wars fan, but there was, you know, even just having a passing knowledge of it, you're still going to be like, Oh, that's so cool. I remember that, but it's done in a smart way that does not detract from the story. It's not like a wink and a nod of how clever are we. It's like, oh, <laughs> that's awesome. It's like kind of like with WandaVision and some of the newer mm-hmm. Marvel stuff that you're going to get some Easter eggs if, if you know where to look for them. Uh, yeah, the art's fantastic. The the writing's absolutely incredible. Uh, there's there's really nothing bad about this. And considering this was, it kind of had to put its best foot forward and be this amazing because, as I said, this was like one of the first things that came out once the new Star Wars line launched. So you had to hook people quick. There wasn't going to be like, okay, well, if this book sucks, we'll get you on the next one. No, you had, this is your one shot for glory and mm-hmm. I think they nailed it and I, I, I want to go read more and uh, I don't know if I brought this up at the beginning but I, I read these all as individual issues of the whole all the Vader series and I was trying to get it again because I, I gave them out when I moved last time and I have Comicsology Unlimited it would not let me download the fucker like I tried on like my desktop on my laptop on three different devices four different browsers would not work so finally I said you know what fuck it I'll just buy it again and mm-hmm. it was so enjoyable that even though it was annoying to have to go shell out like one other 10 bucks to buy it I don't regret it yeah. and I'm just happy I have it again and if need be I'll go buy the next I think there's four more trades or three more trades like it's that good now I need to go to Dr. Volts and get my hold because I've got six or seven more Vader comics from the new series that I, I definitely need to go to so if you have a passing interest in Star Wars or Darth Vader like this is this is going to just absolutely wide you. Cool. What's also interesting um, for everyone is they did an omnibus of Gellin's Darth Vader run and apparently they printed like 12 of these because if you were to go online to buy from like Amazon today there's starting at like three four hundred dollars really to get this thing yeah and you're like nope but yeah nuts right wild there's also i don't know what happened but like in the star wars book series that we're reading i'm like reading through there and there i somehow missed a couple of them and for some reason the couple like trades that i missed are ridiculously hard to find um i don't know if they under free money yeah there's 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 other issues there but um yeah uh my grade yeah i'm obviously going to go with an a uh i think just on top of what everybody else has said i think it's really impressive that it's very obvious that uh, 
uh, Gillen is a fan of the Star Wars series and to not completely fanboy out and make, mm. you know, cliche or terrible mistakes is actually pretty impressive that this thing takes its own identity really quickly while still being very um, reverent to the original source material. Uh, that is not something you see very often in almost any form of media. Um, and that I find is actually really impressive. So, uh, and, and like I said, the art's also really cool too. So, oh, and for those who want to know, the Darth Vader omnibus is now going for eight hundred dollars on uh, Amazon. So, holy shit! Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that'll do it for this week. Next week, we are going to be reading Jason Aaron's run on Star Wars that started the same time as this Death Star one. Um, what? Uh, oh, sorry, Darth Vader one. Thank you. Uh, I was like, why are you correcting me? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I. It's been a while since I've read that one. I remember it being good. Anybody remember it better than I do? Uh, I remember I was really really impressed with it because you mentioned that it was the one that the last book that sold like Todd a million copies in the US so I was really really excited for it got it loved it and then I read this one and I this one I love more but that's just because my you know my my love for Darth Vader but I do remember it being very very good so yeah I'm excited to go back and read it again I'm excited for it as well um, Jason Aaron I don't think I've read anything of his that I haven't liked um, I, yeah I'm trying to think because he had a misstep Todd you would know He's got like a Star Ocean or Stars book that was kind of weird. Mm, okay. So that, that that was a bit of a masturbation event, I think. Okay. Well, most of the stuff that I've, I've read of his that I've really liked. Well, uh, Scalp's amazing. I Scalp, still love Scalp. Scalp is great. Um, yep. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff. Anyway. Yeah. Cool. Well, then that'll do it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Join us next week for Star Wars by Jason Aaron from 2015. There's a lot of Star Wars books out. That's why I'm being so specific about it so you can find them. You have to be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and until uh, then, we will see See you all later. Bye. Bye. Not bad. You guys got started all at the same time.